Good morning, everyone, and welcome to our Course in Miracles Daily Reading Conference call. We read from the text of A Course in Miracles Original Edition, published by our very fine friends at the Course in Miracles Society. You can access an online copy of the original edition by going to jcim.net, or if you mouse the link top for online edition, you'll see the little drop-down menu that includes read ACIMOE. Also on that drop-down menu, there's an option to subscribe to receive a daily excellent email from the Course in Miracles Society that includes both the reading that we share on the call in the morning as well as the lesson for the day. My name is Lori Cameron. This call is Monday through Friday from about 9.15 to about 11 a.m. Eastern. And today we are completing our reading of Chapter 4, the root of all evil being the authority problem with Section 9, True Rehabilitation. We're also mindful of our lesson today, Lesson 47. God is the strength in which I trust. God is the strength in which I trust. By way of opening this morning, I'd like to share a poem um, I'd like to share a poem that's just almost palpable to me this morning. It's called Don't Leave Me. A ridiculous statement, don't you think, in light of today's lesson? God is the strength in which I trust. Anyway. You open my heart as clear as the air. You fill me with this gladness. I thought I had to make up what happens next, but you took that job from me. I have nothing to do. Now tell me, who said that? You? Me? Who? You have many lovers, but I'm not jealous. In fact, it makes me so happy to see you walk with that old woman there, studying her step, kissing her hair, waiting while she wonders where you are. You open my heart as clear as the air, then say, go play, go love, go care, be like me. Oh, beloved, promise you won't leave me. Now, why are you laughing? Did I say something funny? (laughs) Oh, dear. God is the strength in which I trust. Great poem today. Oh, that was great. You made me laugh at the end. That was great. (laughs) (laughs) Sometimes my thoughts are ridiculous, aren't they? (laughs) I love it. (laughs) Did you say that was from Rumi? Oh, I beg your pardon, Ida. I forgot to say who it's from. It's it's in the book Forty Prayers, um, by Pure Elias Amidon. A M I D O N. Thank you. One of my favorite little books. Thanks for asking. Okay. All right, my friends, here's our reading list. We have Fran, Robin Marie, Judy, Jessica, and Karen. And I just listening this morning. And so, um, 
What a perfect little number for our reading. Judy suggested, and I tend to agree, that today's reading would hang together really well if we could pick up, to begin with, paragraph 102. Um, so let's see. Fran, are you able to get that on your Kindle? It's the paragraph right before where we begin today. Oh, yeah. 102, paragraph 102. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, that's yeah I got it. Place to begin. Okie doke. Then let, let's start, we'll start there. With that. Okay. Yeah. Alrighty. So here we go again. Chapter 4, The Root of All Evil. We're reading Section 9, True, True Rehabilitation. We'll pick up the paragraph, just one from the last section, Creation and Communication. That being paragraph 102. God is praised whenever any mind learns to be wholly helpful. This is impossible without being wholly harmless because the two beliefs coexist. The truly helpful are invulnerable because they are not protecting their egos so that nothing can hurt them. Their helpfulness is the praise of God and he will return their praise of him because they are like him and they can rejoice together. God goes out to them and through them and there is great joy throughout the kingdom. Every mind that is changed adds to this joy with its own individual willingness to share in it. The truly helpful are God's miracle workers, whom I will direct until we are all united in the joy of the kingdom. I will direct you to wherever you can be truly helpful and to whoever can follow my guidance through you. And Fran. Paragraph 102. God is praised whenever any mind learns to be wholly helpful. This is impossible without being wholly harmless because the two beliefs coexist. The truly helpful are invulnerable because they are not protecting their egos so that nothing can hurt them. Their helpfulness is their praise of God and he will return their praise of him because they are like him and they can rejoice together. God goes out to them and through them, and there is great joy throughout the kingdom. Every mind that is changed adds to this joy with its own individual, individual willingness to share in it. The truly helpful are God's miracle workers, whom I direct until we are all united in the joy of the kingdom. I will direct you to an wherever you can be truly helpful and whoever can follow my guidance through you. Section 9, True Rehabilitation, Paragraph 103. Every mind which is split needs rehabilitation. The medical orientation to rehabilitation emphasizes the body, while the vocational orientation stresses the ego, the quote-unquote team approach generally leads more to confusion than to anything else because it is too often misused as a way of exerting the ego's domination over other egos rather than as a real experiment in the cooperation of minds. Rehabilitation as a movement 
is an improvement over the overt neglect of those in need of help, but it is often little more than a painful attempt on the part of the hawk to lead the blind. Thank you, friend. And Robin Marie. Chapter 4, The Root of All Evil, 9, True Rehabilitation, 103, Every mind which is split needs rehabilitation. The medical orientation to rehabilitation emphasizes the body, while the vocational orientation stresses the ego. The, quote, team, unquote, approach generally leads more to confusion than to anything else because it is too often misused as a way of exerting the ego's domination over other egos <clears throat> rather than as a real experiment in the cooperation of minds. Rehabilitation as a movement is an improvement over the overt neglect of those in need of help, but it is often little more than a painful attempt on the part of the halt to lead the blind. 104. The ego is likely to fear broken bodies because it cannot tolerate them. The ego cannot tolerate ego weakness either without ambivalence because it is afraid of its own weakness as well as the weakness of its chosen home. When it is threatened, the ego blocks your natural impulse to help, placing you under the strain of divided will. You may then be tempted to withdraw to allow your ego to recover and to gain enough strength to be helpful again on a basis limited enough not to threaten your ego, but too limited to give you joy. Those with broken bodies are often looked down on by the ego because of its belief that nothing but a perfect body is worthy as its own temple. Thank you, Robin Marie. And Judy. I'm confused. Where are we, Lori? I was looking at something else. Oh, we're in 104. 104 and 105. Thank you. The ego is likely to fear broken bodies. Because it cannot tolerate them. The ego cannot tolerate ego weakness either without ambivalence because, because it is afraid of its own weakness as well as the weakness of its chosen home, the body. When it is threatened, the ego blocks your natural impulse to help, placing you under the strain of divided will. You may then be tempted to withdraw to allow your ego to recover and to gain enough strength to be helpful again on the basis on a basis limited enough not to threaten your ego but too limited to give you joy. 
Those with broken bodies are often looked down down on by the ego because of its belief that nothing but a perfect body is worthy of its own temple. A mind that recoils from a hurt body is in great need of rehabilitation itself. All symptoms of hurt need true helpfulness, and whenever they are met with this true helpfulness, the mind that so meets them heals itself. Rehabilitation is an attitude of praising God as he himself knows praise. He offers praise to you, and you must offer it to others. The chief handicaps of the clinicians lie in their attitudes to those whom their egos perceive as weakened and damaged. By these evaluations, they have weakened and damaged their own helpfulness and thus and have thus set their own rehabilitation back. Rehabilitation is not concerned either with the ego's fight for control or its need to avoid and withdraw. You can do much on behalf of your own rehabilitation and that of others if in a situation calling for healing you think of it this way. Thank you. Thank you, Judy. Um, And Jessica. How far do you want me to read? Oh, I get it. I get it. Never mind. Yeah. (laughs) Okay. Um, A mind that recoils from a hurt body is in great need of rehabilitation itself. All symptoms of hurt need true helpfulness. And whenever they are met with this, the mind that so meets them heals itself. Rehabilitation is an attitude of praising God as he himself knows praise. He offers praise to you, and you must offer it to others. The chief handicaps of the clinicians lie in their attitudes to those whom their egos perceive as weakened and damaged. By these evaluations, they have weakened and damaged their own helpfulness and have thus set their own rehabilitation back. Rehabilitation is not concerned either with the ego's fight for control or its need to avoid and withdraw. You can do much on behalf of your own rehabilitation and that of others if in a situation calling for healing, you think of it this way. I am here only to be truly helpful. I am here to represent Christ who sent me. I do not have to worry about what to say or what to do because he who sent me will direct me. I am content to be wherever he wishes, knowing he goes there with me. 
I will be healed as I let him teach me to heal. Thank you, Jessica. Uh, and Karen, if you'd like to pick up, please, a little bit from the end of 105 and then 106. Please, thank you. You can do much on your own rehabilitation and that of others. If in a situation calling for healing, you think of it this way, I am here only to be truly helpful. I am here to represent the Christ who sent me. I do not have to worry about what to say or what to do because he who sent me will direct me. I am content to be wherever he wishes, knowing he goes there with me. I will be healed as I let him teach me to heal. Thank you, Karen. Thank you, everybody who read this this morning. Uh, before we began today, I, I uh, had mentioned I was waiting for some direction of where and how uh, to be inclusive with this final section of this chapter. And it occurs uh, just exactly now uh, when he... And it, I forget, I heard it twice, paragraph 105. Rehabilitation is an attitude of praising God. An attitude of praising God as he himself knows praise. And he um, he puts a bow on that most specifically in paragraph 100 of yesterday's reading. And so... Um, I want to say that I think it would be very well if we went back to paragraph 100, read this all again one more time with the, um, with the recognition that what we're reading is um, both a summary of placing the mind under true authority of source as well as um, a prelude of how to maintain that awareness as we lead into chapter 5 on healing. Hold that thought for just a minute. That's a very, very excellent thought. Then, if you don't mind, let's see what kind of time we have here. We have a good, a good bit of time. So let's do it uh, over again, shall we? Starting at paragraph 100, emphasizing praising God as He would like to be praised. And um, let me see if there's any new readers that we can add to our list. Then we'll decide how to do it. Anyone who's joined us since we began would like to be on the reading list. Good morning, this is Donna, and yes, thank you. Thank you, Donna. Hi, this is Diana. Um, I, please join. I'd like to join. <laughs> you, will, you will join, Diana, right after Donna. Thank you. Anyone else? You bet. Lori. Um, yes, ma'am? I have 
I have this strong, I'm compelled to share this, came to me this morning. Um, there's four paragraphs in what are the characteristics of, a te- of God's teachers. The first two paragraphs of trust. The first paragraph of tolerance and the first paragraph of gentleness all really beautifully relate to this reading in the lesson today, um, if we have time and if anybody else is interested. We could read it together or you could read it on your own. Thank you. Thanks, Judy. Excellent pointing. Um, uh, people with e-readers might not be quite as nimble with that, but... Um, We'll see what comes up, huh? Anyone else want to be on the reading list? This is Sandra. I can uh, read. Good. Sandra can read and Lemoyne. Yeah. Okay, great. There we go. So Sandra and Lemoyne. We'll do it like that. And now we have enough readers. What, Lemoyne? Uh, oh, I was just laughing because I didn't even oh, get okay. up. A syllabus, and you knew it was me. And um, yeah, <laughs> you've got a, you've got a masculine sounding laugh. Uh-huh. <laughs> Your chuckle is so manly. <laughs> okay, that's. Good. I was scoffing okay. at my plans. <laughs> okay, all right. So anyway, with this number of readers, I'm pretty sure we can read this in stair-step fashion. So let's begin. Paragraph 100. Once again, um, the reason we're starting at that paragraph is because in paragraph 105 it says, Rehabilitation is a way of praising God as he himself knows praise. So I'll start us off at paragraph 100. Here we go. The Bible repeatedly states that you should praise God. This hardly means that you should tell him how wonderful he is. He has no ego with which to accept such thanks and no perception with which to judge such offerings. But unless you take your part in creation, his joy is not complete because yours is incomplete, and this he does know. He knows it in his own being and it and in and its experience of his son's experience. Let me say that again. And his joy is not complete because yours is not complete. And this he does know. He knows it in his own being and its experience of his son's experience. Going out of his love is blocked when his channels are closed and he is lonely when the minds he created do not communicate fully with him. Uh, Friends, if you'd like to do uh, one-on-one, please. Okay. One-on-one. God has kept your kingdom for you, but he cannot share his joy with you until you know it with your whole mind. Even revelation is not enough because it is communication from God. It is not enough until it is shared. God does not need revelation returned to him, which would clearly be impossible. But he does want revelation brought to others. 
This cannot be done with the actual revelation because its content cannot be expressed. And it is intensely personal to the mind which receives it. It can, however, still be returned by that mind through its attitudes to other minds which the knowledge from the revelation brings. You're on mute, Lori. I'm sorry. Thank you, Fran. And Robin Marie. One oh two, please. God is praised whenever any mind learns to be wholly helpful. This is impossible without being wholly harmless because the two beliefs coexist. The truly helpful are invulnerable because they are not protecting their egos so that nothing can hurt them. Their helpfulness is their praise of God and he will return their praise of him because they are like him and they can rejoice together. God goes out to them and through them, and there is great joy throughout the kingdom. Every mind that is changed adds to this joy with its own individual willingness to share in it. The truly helpful are God's miracle workers, whom I direct until we are all united in the joy of the kingdom. I will direct you to wherever you can be truly helpful and to whoever can follow my guidance through you. I'm on mute again. again. Sorry. <laughs> oh, that's starting. Give me one second because I'm going to do a little recalculation here to make sure we get this right. So Robin Marie just read 102. So I'm going to have, let's see. We're going to do it this way. One, two, four. That's perfect. Okay, to get these three paragraphs read twice, we'll do do it this way. Judy, if you would do 100. Again. Jessica, 101 again. Karen, 102 again. Then Donna, 103 Diana, 104, Sandro, 105, and Lemoyne, 106. And then every one of those will have been read twice this morning. Okay? So now I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to quit doing my button and get out of the way. Um, and Judy, you can take it up again at 100, please. Uh, Judy, are you on mute? Halfway through the paragraph. (laughs) The The Bible repeatedly states that you should praise God. 
this hardly means that you should tell him how wonderful he is. He has no ego with which to accept such thanks and no perception with which to judge such offerings. But unless you take your part in the creation, his joy is not complete because yours is incomplete. And this he does know. He knows it in his own being and its experience of his son's experience. The constant going out of his love is blocked when his channels are closed and he is lonely when the minds he created do not communicate fully with him. 101. God has kept your kingdom for you, but he cannot share his joy with you until you know it with your whole mind. Even revelation is not enough because it is communication from God. It is not enough until it is shared. God does not need revelation returned to him, which would clearly be impossible, but he does want revelation brought to others. This cannot be done with the actual revelation because its content cannot be expressed, and it is intensely personal to the mind which received it. It can, however, still be returned by that mind through its attitudes to other minds which the knowledge from the revelation brings. God is praised whenever any mind learns to be wholly helpful. This is impossible without being wholly harmless because the two beliefs coexist. The truly helpful are invulnerable because they are not protecting their egos so that nothing can hurt them. Their helpfulness is their praise of God and he will return their praise of him because they are like him and they can rejoice together. God goes out to them and through them and there is great joy throughout the kingdom. Every mind that is changed adds to this joy with its own individual willingness to share in it. The truly helpful are God's miracle workers whom I direct until we are all united in the joy of the kingdom. I will direct you to wherever you can be truly helpful and to whoever can follow my guidance through you. Chapter 4, The Root of All Evil, Section 9, True Rehabilitation, Paragraph 103. Every mind, every mind which is split needs rehabilitation. The medical orientation to rehabilitation emphasizes the body while the vocational orientation stresses the ego. The, quote, team, end quote, approach generally leads to more confusion than anything else because it is too often misused 
as a way of exerting the ego's dominion over other egos rather than a real experiment and cooperation of minds. Rehabilitation as a movement is an improvement over the overt neglect of those in need of help. But it is often little more than a painful attempt on the part of the halt to lead the blind. One of four. The ego is likely to fear broken bodies because it cannot tolerate them. The ego cannot tolerate ego weakness either without ambivalence because it is afraid of its own weakness as well as the weakness of its chosen home. When it is threatened, the ego blocks your natural impulse to help placing you under the strain of divided will. You may then be tempted to withdraw and allow your ego to recover and to gain enough strength to be helpful again on a basis limited enough not to threaten your ego, but too limited to give you joy. Those with broken bodies are often looked down on by the ego because of its belief that nothing but a perfect body is worthy of its own temple. 105. A mind that recoils from a hurt body is in great need of of rehabilitation itself. All symptoms of hurt need true helpfulness, and whenever they are met with this, The mind that so meets them heals itself. Rehabilitation is an attitude of praising God as he himself knows praise. He offers praise to you and you must offer it to others. The chief handicaps of the clinicians lie in their attitudes to those whom their egos perceive as weakened and damaged. By these... By these evaluations, they have weakened and damaged their own helpfulness and have thus set their own rehabilitation back. Rehabilitation is not concerned either with ego's fight for control or its need to avoid and withdraw. You can do much on behalf of your own rehabilitation and that of others if in a situation calling for healing, you think of it this way. I am here only to be truly helpful. I am here to represent Christ who sent me. I do not have to worry about what to say or what to do because he who sent me will direct me. I am content to be wherever he wishes, knowing he goes there with me. I will be healed as I let him teach me to heal. Amen. Oh, that was so beautiful. All I wanted to do was Oh, thank you, everyone. Fred. Uh, Both together here this morning and before you came, giving your thoughts and, and inquiries. 
what it means to praise God and what it and I'm very grateful and I perfect time to turn to Ryan and lead us as we turn to source truth strength Fran, if you will, please. Oh, thank you, Laurie. Um, I had a little bit of trouble with hearing you. It was a little faint. But this is what you know. Oh. Thank you. Uh, my bar was down. Thank you. Yeah, it sounds good now. That's perfect. Okay. Thank you. Thanks, hon. Hi, okay. everybody. We are in the first part of the workbook. And today's lesson is Lesson 47, God is the Strength in Which I Trust. This is just perfect for this reading that we just did. Um, Okay, I'm going to uh, read the lesson, and then we'll do our five-minute practice on it. Lesson 47, God is the Strength in Which I Trust. If you are trusting your own strength, You have every reason to be apprehensive, anxious, and fearful. What can you predict or control? What is there in you that can be counted on? What would give you the ability to be aware of all the facets of any problem and to resolve it in such a way that only good can come of it? What is there in you that gives you the recognition of the right solution and the guarantee that it will be accomplished. Of yourself, you can do none of these things. To believe that you can is to put your trust where trust is unwarranted and to justify fear, anxiety, depression, anger, and sorrow. Who can put his faith in weakness and feel safe? Yet who can put his faith in strength and feel weak? God is your safety in every circumstance. His voice speaks for him in all situations and in every aspect of all situations, telling you exactly what to do to call upon his strength and his protection. There are no exceptions because God has no exceptions. And the voice which speaks for him thinks as he does. Today, we will try to reach past your own weakness to the source of real strength. Four five-minute practice periods are necessary today, and longer and more frequent ones are urged. Close your eyes and begin as usual by repeating today's idea. Then spend a minute or two in searching for situations in your life which you have invested with fear, dismissing each one by telling yourself, God is the strength in which I trust. Now, Try to slip past all concerns related to your own sense of inadequacy. It is obvious that any situation that causes you concern is is associated with feelings of inadequacy, since otherwise you would believe that you could deal with the situation successfully. And it's not by trusting yourself that you will gain confidence, but the strength of God in you is successful in all things. The recognition of your own frailty is a necessary step in the correction of your errors, but it is hardly a sufficient one in giving you the confidence which you need 
and to which you are entitled. You must also gain an awareness that your confidence in your real strength is fully justified in every respect and in all circumstances. In the latter phase of the practice period, try to reach down into your mind to a place of real safety. You will recognize that you have reached it if you feel a sense of deep peace, however briefly. Let go all the trivial things that churn and bubble on the surface of your mind and reach down and below them to the kingdom of heaven. There is a place in you where there is perfect peace. There is a place in you where nothing is impossible. There is a place in you where the strength of God abides. Repeat the idea for today often. Use it as your answer to any disturbance. Remember that peace is your right because you are given your trust to the strength of God. Lesson 47, God is the strength in which I trust. Five minutes.
Now I'll read the paragraph from the review of Lesson 47. God is the strength in which I trust. It is not my own strength through which I forgive. It is through the strength of God in me, which I am remembering as I forgive. As I begin to see, I recognize his reflection on earth. I forgive all things because I feel the stirring of his strength in me. And I begin to remember the love I chose to forget, but which has not forgotten me. Lesson 47. God is the strength in which I trust. Amen. Amen. <clears throat> Thank you so much, Fran. I just love that. Knowing that the strength is not in me, it's in God. I love it. So wonderful. I'm complete. Oh, thank you, Fran. Yeah, hi, Diana. Yeah. Hi, I cl- hi, Lori. I closed my book. What, um, and I had something circled. What lesson were we on again? Was it 15? Lesson 15? 47. 47. I, I know, but what a particular chapter were we in? Oh, I'm sorry. Oh, uh, chapter in the book. We were on in yeah. chapter 4. Chapter 4. Um, and you would recognize par- uh, page 77. Oh, God. 77. Okay. Okay. <laughs> that helps me. Light bulb moment here. Thank you so much. Um, there was okay. something I, I wanted to share if I can find that I circled again. And it was, uh, I just have to go. We have to be active. We have to do our part. That's what I'm hearing, you know. Um, this morning I was feeling a little restless on the morning call. There was a you know a caller that shared something, and, and I'm an empathic, and I feel the feelings are really disturbed and hurt. You know, hurt myself. You know, by going into those feelings and trying to see love and light. You know, trying to see the, the presence of perfect oneness with God and this other person and. I know we're all brothers and sisters and we're called to do our part. So I usually take a walk afterwards, um, after the call. But today I decided to take my walk with my dog early because I needed to reset. I know I was in a place where, you know, that energy of the the ego had kind of had a a hold on me. And I don't like that feeling anymore because I know it's not the feeling I want to be in. So I had to, you know, put his leash on and, you know, I'm still in my pajamas. I had my black coat that matched my blood, my, my black Ugg boots or my little green pants kind of looked like they could have worked <laughs> totally, you know, not a part of the world when, you know, other people pass by. But anyway, the point of this is, I chose to start doing a mantra. I chose to start bathing myself in God's healing love and light because I wasn't feeling really, you know, balanced, you know. And, and so God's love 
is the love that I, in which I see myself. So I, I kept saying this little mantra, you know, that God is a strength in which I trust, you know, and the, um, you know, putting me in a place, you know, or restoring me back to who I am in Christ was the purpose of this walk this morning. I let the dog lead me. I began to repeat my mantras and then slowly began to shift back into God's love. Because I know if I'm now at the point out of the green belt where I'm facing the street and I'm beginning to bless the cars passing by me, not even knowing who they are, feeling with such joy and love for every color and every makeup car that passes me, I know I'm doing my part. And I'm back into God's love. The point is we have to take an active part. We have to be that for our brothers and for ourselves. It has to begin with us. We have to know our identity in Christ. So it's always by doing my part, noticing and feeling that ego, and then shifting deliberately back into how I want to feel with who I am in Christ, and I'm complete. Great working definition of right-mindedness. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Uh, thank you. Oh, thanks, Diana. Uh, this is Lori, and I have one really brief share. Um, I love it when I'm surprised. Uh, I really love it when I'm surprised. And, um, and the, well, the thing about surprise is uh, you were um, in a state of not thinking, and all of a sudden uh, something comes into your awareness in a way that, uh, oh, I'm surprised. It entails um, maybe an outward, maybe an inward. Uh, that doesn't help. Probably an inward looking. Yeah, probably an inward looking. Like, what do you have? Like, all things are echoes of the voice for God, and I can hear when I'm listening. You know. But anyway, uh, today I was surprised at this sentence. It, it resonates very deeply, but uh, it's so simple, and to notice it uh, is kind of the surprise. And the noticing is this. He will teach you what to do to call upon his strength. You know, um, in my busy doing this, uh, I stopped that sentence short. He will teach you what to do. Okay, I'm ready, set, go. 
you know, I'm, I'm prepared to uh, go do. But that isn't what the Senate says. The Senate says he will teach you what to do to call upon his strength. Sort of echoing what you just shared, Diana, um, my part seems to notice uh, when I'm in a state that isn't calling upon his strength. That's my part, to notice when I'm in a state where I'm not calling upon his strength. And then I'm ready to be <clears throat> taught what to do to call upon his strength. That um, I'm telling you, there's a lot of power right there. And, um, and, I, and I'm recalling in specific an instance a long time ago um, where I was very distressed uh, about someone someone who I perceived needed much, much, much help. And, uh, and my state was, I don't know how to be helpful. I had no idea how to be helpful. I, I was in such a state of not knowing that I said to Holy Spirit, I don't even know how to pray. I don't even know what to ask for. And I think, I think um, that state uh, of just utter openness and willing to be taught because I don't know, I don't, I have no idea, is a state where um, where we can be most readily helped. And in that particular case, uh, I said, I don't even know how to pray. Why, the words were given how to pray. And, the, and that's, you know, that's all well and good. But um, when I could later share those same words with the person for whom I was praying, they caught and hooked on something in that person's mind, you know? Um, I think Holy Spirit loves to do like that, <laughs> um, to help us recognize our true unity, our true helpfulness to each other, our true indebtedness to each other, um, and our true and utter total dependence on source for everything. And um, that's a really great state to be in. He will teach you what to do to call upon him, what to do to call upon his strength. Beyond that, I don't need to know anything else. I'm complete. And, and Ramri, I was purposely brief because I wanted to give you an opportunity here before you have to leave us. If there's anything you want to share, I know you, you know in your work every day you get to be particularly helpful. Uh, <laughs> I'm okay. sure no more than any of you, um, because we're hey we're doing this together. So thankful and. Yes, in this past week, I uh, had an experience that was similar to what you were saying, where 
I just couldn't figure out how to do this. And suddenly the Holy Spirit just brought all these photographs of my family to the person who needed to see them and how much love there was there and how much caring. And it was really wonderful. And I just am um, so uh, encouraged to be more helpful, to, to ask more times, to be more open. And um, it works. Thank you. Oh, thank you, Robin Marie. Uh, thank you. And thank, Does you work. thank you. Thank you, Lori and Robin Marie. Thank you. Good morning. This is Sandra. And um, I'm really appreciating this lesson. God is the strength in which I trust. Because this is like the perfect um, description of where I'm at right now because I've always seen myself as strong um, and it's it's been ego strength um, it's not it, it, it's 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 completely different than calling on the and re- trusting and relying on my relationship with my creator and how unconditional that is and which allows me to recognize my own frailty. And that's a necessary step in the correction of my errors, but it's hardly a sufficient one in giving me the confidence which I need to which I am entitled. And that confidence comes from my relationship with my Creator. And and I'm not going to call on my Creator if I'm... If I'm feeling really strong, I don't, I don't really call on my Creator except to say thank you um, in gratitude. Um, but when I'm feeling frail, and, and I've, in the past few years I've had an, uh, an ulcer that I've been working with and I've lost, I don't know, 30 pounds. <laughs> and I am feeling pretty frail and I'm getting sick because I, I generally don't get sick and um, and um, this ulcer I think is lowering the immune system so I had was doing some volunteer work with families and their children and I can't work with them anymore because I'm getting sick um, I think the, the ulcer is is showing me my frailty and I'm doing the best I can with it and it's just to know that you know, God is the strength in which I trust. Just to know that relationship and to and and to trust that and to be willing to be in an intimate relationship with myself and Holy Spirit and share my sadness and my feelings and my grief and whatever I'm dealing with openly and honestly with that spirit of unconditional love which when I'm able to share it with my Holy Spirit, I am unconditionally loving exactly where I'm at, not trying to change it, not trying to fix it, just turning it over and trusting that God is the strength in which I trust. I don't have to trust my own strength, which isn't working anyway. So this is a real 
gift for me right now as I'm continuing this healing process. I'm complete. Oh, God bless you. Thank you for your faith, Sandra. Yes. Thank you. Thank you so much, Sandra. Thank you, Sandra. I really appreciate that, you know, you are walking talk, walking the talk because I know for me, at almost 78, I'm going to have to, at some point now, I mean in maybe two or three years, maybe sooner, not teach the children. And I've been kind of thinking about what, uh, I would do to keep my body and my mind strong because they really do it for me because I am so motivated to help them. And I would like to be able to turn that um, into helping myself stay strong and figure out who, who you know, how to help when I'm not doing that. So it's really good to hear your story. Thank you. Oh, thank you, Robin Marie. Thank you, Robin Marie. Thank you. You know, you bring up... Um, Another thought I had this morning, um, lesson 42, this is 47, lesson 42, God is my strength, vision is his gift. And in lesson 42, there's another remarkable line, and that is, your passage through time and space is not at random. And... um, and in light of today's lesson, God is my strength, the strength in which I trust. When I add um, that idea, my passage through time and space is not at random, I get a sense um, that everything right now, this very minute, is absolutely perfect. I'm giving and receiving exactly um exactly what comes from source, you know? Um, And I can rest in that idea. Your passage through time and space is not at random. It, it, uh, what it does is it takes, takes that tendency that I have to walk my mind into the future and calls it back again to now. And, um, and that's another feature of the strength of God, I think is uh, entering this moment right now. You know, I may fear for tomorrow, I may regret for yesterday, but this moment right now, not at random, is pretty perfect. And um, I think that's another feature of the strength of God. I'm complete. Oh, I love that. This moment right now. Thank you. 
Thank you. As we were returning to the nine after our quiet time, this first sentence popped out at me in 103. Every mind which is split needs rehabilitation. Every mind which is split. And as I thought about that, I thought, well, there's the God man and the ego man. <clears throat> and um, and the God man reflects God's image and likeness. And the ego man is an imposter of God's man. And that, um, and I'm, and then the day I missed yesterday, I attend a catch class at Catholic Church, so I'll be absent on Thursdays. But um, so I'm working, and I, the day before, I think Wednesday, Jesus said that the body doesn't feel anything. I'm paraphrasing and kind of hope that is what he said. So, And it seems like that's what we're being told today. Mind recalls from a hurt body. Well, if the hurt body hurts it means something in the mind needs to be healed because neither that mind nor the body is really real only god's image and likeness with the spirit is real so today that helped me clarify my own walk because i'm looking uh for the things in this physical body of mine that um are uh in it they're, they're an issue except that I have a tool to work with, which is the spiritual teaching, this book, and a couple other I'm <laughs> living and moving in. But that's helped me. It, anything in the body that feels practically, because when nothing hurts in my body, I'm unaware of my body. I'm just functioning in uh, my consciousness. And I could be walking around as if... Um, I'm not thinking or feeling my body, and yet I'm the most active then. So this was a very helpful lesson, and I thank the Holy Spirit for saying, hey, look at the clock. So thank you all. I really appreciate all of this. I am complete. Oh, thank you, Donna. Yeah. Thank you, Donna. Make an excellent point. I would love to throw in some scripture here, so I'll just I'll just give it to you, and and trust me, you want to go find this Isaiah 40, verses 28 through 31, and Isaiah 41, verse 10, because it's about strength, and 28 through 31, I read it every day on a job that I went to. I sat and read it in front of something that, and I was using a hot fire, 
because I was not only ready to lose my human mind, but to uh, just absolutely not be able to go on. So Isaiah 40, verses 28 through 31 and 41, 10. Thank you. Well, Donna, I can't resist. I have to ask you to read them. Are we talking about under the strength of his wings? Okay, and I I even put my little black string in so I wouldn't lose it in the future. Okay, Isaiah chapter 40, verse 28 through 31. Hast thou not known, hast thou not heard that the everlasting God, the Lord, the creator of the ends of the earth, fainteth not, neither is weary? There is no searching of his understanding. He giveth power to the faint, and to them that have no might, he increases strength. Even the youth shall faint and be weary, and the young men shall utterly fall. But they that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings as eagles. They shall run and not be weary. And they shall walk and not faint. And 41.10. Fear thou not, for I am with thee. Be not dismayed, for I am thy God. I will strengthen thee, yea, I will help thee, yea, I will uphold thee with the right hand of my righteousness. Amen. Thank you. Thank you, Donna. Thanks for reading that. Thank you. Thank you, Donna. And right before that, I think I heard Karen. Yeah? Lori, did you just mention me? Yeah, I thought I, I thought I. Um, yeah, yeah, I did, I did. Right? Then I'm all bundled up, so I'm sorry it took me so long to get the phone. Thank okay. you, Donna. Um, well, of myself, I am nothing. It's such a great relief, right? Such a great relief that God is my strength, the strength in, that I can trust. Um, I loved that it fell to my turn to read I'm here only to be truly helpful the first time we went through the text reading because uh, big drama, another of many big dramas um, coming up this week in regard to my mother's care. And it's really hard sometimes because I feel like... uh, I can step back from the ego reality and I tend to get a little too passive because I don't want to get engaged in the big chaos and the big drama and all the emotions and all the nonsense that's not real. But it's falling to defense of my younger sister, so it's like, ugh, 
I have to say something. So I sent a text this morning to my brother and thanked him for all his good work. And and then after that, I sent another text, and it said, you know, if it's up to me, and, and I said it the wrong way, I said, not that my opinion matters, but if it was up to me and there's any danger that an escrow won't get paid, we have to sell the house on the MLS right away. And, oh, my God, I felt like I was just attacked unbelievably, energetically by the reaction to that. And I meditated on it, and I thought it was really because I didn't say it well. You know, when we were saying the reading the text, and I just wanted to say, I'm here only to be truly helpful. I'm here only to be truly helpful. I don't want to hurt anybody, and I was sending love, and I was thinking loving, peaceful thoughts, but but I didn't really pay attention to my words. So I'm not going to beat myself up. I'm not going to feel guilty, but I'm going to download that correction for the next time that I have to choose my words more carefully because I shouldn't have said it. Not that my opinion doesn't matter because that sets people up for fighting. You know, I could have just gone back to the first email and said, you know, you've done so much and we're all so grateful starting like that. And that would have been the loving way to get into the situation. Um, Sometimes I think when we turn it over to God, it's kind of a, a feeling of being passive. Because I don't know what to do next. I can't hear the Holy Spirit clearly in my mind giving me the instructions for the next thing to do or say. And so I just step back. And stepping back is good, too, because I want whatever happens to be God coming through me. But, um, you know, it's just, can I discriminate? Can I discern what God wants me to do? And am I being too passive by this, you know, uh, this holy instant would I get to you, be you in charge? Huh, I don't know what to do. Let me step back. I'm here only to be truly helpful. That's my only intention. So ever since, I, I shouldn't have sent that email, but ever since then I've been sending love and light to my brother because um, he's done a lot of work to to support everything that's happening. But um, he just announced the other day that he's not paying for my mother's care anymore. So her house hasn't sold, and therefore there's no money. So my sister couldn't end up taking care of my mother and not having any money to pay her own mortgage, which is so insane. So I just pray in front of all my beautiful brothers and sisters in Christ that the house sells, if that's God's plan, you know, I don't see the big picture, so I don't know what God needs to have happen. That comes back to, of myself, I am nothing. Be you in charge. Let me step back and trust that the strength of Christ and the strength of the divine will unfold. And I will just stay open and loving and sending out blessings and light. Please, thank you for letting me share. Oh, thank you for sharing all that, Karen. Um, there, there is, um, there's a lovely place when I step back um, that feels very active uh, versus withdrawal. 
and there's so many lessons uh, that it gives us that point to that lovely place like um, all things are echoes of the voice for God or this is the way salvation works when you step back the light and you step forward um, none of that needs any control or exercise uh, you know he calls it our natural impulse and thank God for that um, it's it's very active uh, versus the withdrawal that he's talking about um, you know when when I'm afraid uh, fear withdrawal is an entirely different thing but uh, the withdrawal and waiting um, is a very active thing and I'm certain that that's the kind of um, space that you enjoy uh, when you're waiting on the Lord so thank you for that I'm complete yeah thank you thank you Laura. thank you Karen. it's really cold really really cold this morning in New Jersey and it's hard to get my gloves off so if I don't thank everyone I'm sorry I loved Fran's opening when Fran was reading the um, brief happened lesson. It was like it turned everything around a different way, and I was really grateful. Thank you. I'm complete. Oh, thank you. Isn't that great to know? Thank you. This is Sandra again, and I'd just like to acknowledge you, Karen, for um, your willingness to be in the unknown without fear and to have that faith and trust, because I know for me that's, that's a, big, a big requirement, is to, is to not have to know the answers or what's coming next, just to trust that, there, that God has a plan and that God can use everything. I'm complete. Oh, that was a gift. Oh, good thank you, Sandra. Yeah, thank you, Sandra. And thanks, Sandra. Just one more thing. I, I I thought about it yesterday that when I said that God can use everything, and 
I think I want to change the way I say that to God includes everything instead of uses everything. I'm complete. Oh, boy, I love the feeling that engenders. Sounds inclusive. Thank you. Thank you. Well, I just love that line in paragraph 105. Rehabilitation is an attitude of praising God as he knows praise. Praising God as he knows praise. And um, and I mentioned that this section, True Rehabilitation, is sandwiched between creation and communication and healing and wholeness. And what do you what do you think? Um, what do I think? I think about that uh, is that um, God is so desirous that He be heard. In fact, in this reading, we're told God knows it in his own experience of his being when his son is not joyful. I read a poetic image one time of of God, our Father, racing down a track to meet us, you know, with that sense of, of um, desiring us and um and and so it strikes me that the goal of all my living here should be to be back in that state of communication with my creator and and so between the sections creation and communication and healing and wholeness he sandwiches the idea of rehabilitation and it turns out <coughs> In the dialogues, you know, when this was when this was being channeled, it turns out that there was actually uh, a conference on rehabilitation. I think in the 60s, late 60s, mid 60s, a conference for psychologists and other uh, people in the healing profession to get together and talk about uh, rehabilitation as a team endeavor. 
it was a new concept at the time um, that rehabilitation of people with brain injuries or strokes or or various um, maladies, amputations of limbs, etc., um, be approached by a team of people, including not just a physician or a physical therapist, but also a vocational therapist, and perhaps a nurse and a social worker, and, um, and a variety of healing professionals uh, to get together and, and talk about rehabilitation and um, helping someone to restore their health and wholeness after um, after some particular injury or assault. In any event, the point was uh, in the dialogues that Bill was um, reticent to participate in something like that <clears throat> because, um, because Jesus uh, said, you have a fear of people with broken bodies and you're... Your ego um, wants to withdraw from that situation and uh, leave you in a state of fear. But you can do much for the healing of your mind if you think of it this way. Uh, I am here to be truly helpful. Only to be truly helpful. I'm here to represent Christ who sent me represent Christ who sent me. I don't have to worry about what to say or what to do because he who sent me will direct me. I will be content to be wherever he wishes. Knowing he goes there with me, I will be healed as I let him teach me to heal. <clears throat> as a helping professional, you know, uh, or as as a uh, as a student of the Course, uh, somehow we get um, get the notion that it's up to us to figure out how to help people. I get that feeling. Uh, I get that feeling a lot. But that's that's not what he wants me to to focus on. He wants me to focus on. I'm here to be truly helpful, and I don't have to worry about what to say or do. He will direct me. To be a miracle worker um, is to recognize that the miracle goes forth without your help, he says. The miracle goes forth without your help. But you are needed so that it can begin. I think that's in chapter 25, maybe. I can't remember. So my my job, he wants me to know, is to remain in right relationship with Source. And, and right relationship with Source is, is the right state of mind. My complete and utter dependence on God. The whole chapter we're reading, The Root of All Evil, The Root of All Evil is the authority problem. And, of course, the ego thinks... Ego, you know, everybody makes an ego when he comes here. One for him, one for everybody else. And then we start to try and relate through egos. And to our great dismay, find that we can't relate that way at all. We can't communicate that way. We have to, we have to communicate in spirit, in truth, 
um, in uh, our essence. And that essence is in the right dependent relationship to source. You know, he says, you who belong to first cause are more than merely guiltless. I just have to recognize that um, I have not changed myself, nor have I changed my relationship to source. Source is, is the source of everything. And it's only when I get the notion that it's up to me, me as a person, to do something, or me as um, a doer, or me as an efforter, or a striver, or, or a doer in any way, shape, or form, that I start to go off track. I do not have to worry about what to say or what to do, because he who sent me will direct me. I am content to be wherever he wishes. My passage through time and space is not at random. There is a much bigger um, thing happening than with my little tiny mind, that little fragment of ego can be aware of. And when I rest in God, I can experience that content wherever he wishes, knowing that you sent me, will direct me, teach me, teach me how to be healed by healing, how to be helpful and harmless at the same time, um, and to recognize that just like he says in the miracle principles, underneath all of my subconscious layers, there's a layer of miracle impulses. Uh, waiting for a need and when I can rest in that content place uh, I will have a response that will be utterly appropriate to whatever is asked of me if I stay in that correct state of mind right relationship to source so I think uh, this paragraph is a perfect um, is a perfect ending to a chapter that describes to me the root of all my trouble is where's my authority to whom do I credit uh, everything that's going on here and whom do I trust the root of all evil is the belief that my ego can <laughs> can get anything um uh, can't do anything that uh, even exists. It's just a tiny fragment of my mind that that borrows its existence from the truth. And uh, this need not be. I'm complete. Thank you so much. It was great. Thank you. Thank you, Lori. Thank you, Lori. This is Ida. Hi. Um, 
it's good to know that the root of all evil is not somebody that I may temporarily hate because they're, um, what they do or, and say is abrasive to me and others. Um, but it's what you said, Lori. So I'm glad I heard the truth on this call. That God is a strength in which I trust. Not any other strength, just God. Thank you. I'm complete. <laughs> Thank you, Ida. Uh, Thank you, Ida. This is Donna. Thank you, Ida. What I've learned in life since I've understood that everywhere I am, God has put me there, that if we are among what we still perceive as enemies because they think they are. Um, we're there to be of use like our last paragraph. I'm here to be truly helpful, useful. I'm here to let God work through me. And thank God I'm growing in grace to know there's safety in that. I am complete. Thank you, Donna. Thank you, Donna. Thank you, Donna. <clears throat> this is Charles. I just keep coming back to the idea that before I was born, I am. And when I leave here, I am as well. And all through my life here, I am. And yet I have an imagination that tells me I am not. And that is a challenge that surmounts to try to prove that I am not when I know that I am. I exist, and I exist because I was created to be that which is eternal ever-present, radiant. I call it the cosmic self, that which is having a human experience within the form. And that which strives to tell me that I am not, I am not the child of God. I am vulnerable to everything and everyone, and I am under control. And all these things that says I am not. And I look to God and say, I am. I thank you, Father, that I am, and that I am no different than anyone else in this world, because they are as well as I am. And as I stand in my power, I stand with them in their power, knowing that they also have that voice in, that says, I am not. And uh, it's just to realization we're here for each other and to each of us comes to our own realization of what it is that we truly are in remembering that before we were born into this form, before the separation, we were whole and complete. And when this is all over, we'll be whole and complete once again. It's just that we strengthen and 
renew and vitalize and we challenge ourselves no God knows there's nothing nothing anywhere that can interfere with my perfection nothing reminds me of the book, book of Job in the Bible nothing you do can destroy what I created nothing whatsoever and my result will always be love regardless how dark it seems light will always overcome the light of truth the light of love the light of awareness thank you I'm complete thank you Charles thank you Charles beautiful perspective thank you Charles I so appreciate that, Charles, because that just shows me once again that God includes everything. So it doesn't, you know, God can, includes everything and uses everything for my highest and best. So there's nothing I can do or say, (coughs) excuse me, (coughs) that can, can, can destroy anything because God can include it and use it. I'm complete. Amen. And I love all your encouragement and prayers. And I feel God's strength shining through you. Thank you. Good morning. Can I call on you before we end this recording? Sure. Yeah. <laughs> sure. <laughs> yeah, I laughed earlier at, at uh, my plan, which was to uh, judge myself for sleeping in and be embarrassed and uncomfortable and upset and dwell upon that as a reason to... Uh, well, I guess reason to be special like and exclude myself. But yeah, it's pretty laughable, really, in the face of uh, um you know, what is here. thing that that I I appreciate from you including the leading up paragraphs Lori is uh, that it um, that this focus on completion and that I kind of got it uh, there in uh, 100 that mm. 
you know, the real joy is is reliant or it comes not <clears throat> not from, but perhaps is released through this experience of being complete, complete and willing to radiate that to all. And uh, that that is like part of the one note song, if you will, that rings through all creation. And uh, and its relationship here in, in from that, you know, to read the sentence in 105 that where it says rehabilitation is an attitude of praising God as he himself knows praise. <clears throat> that it, it seems that <laughs> it, it's um, another way of saying it is re- rehabilitation is an attitude of completing God as he himself knows completion. He offers completion to you and you must offer it to others. And this relates to that paragraph you brought, or you didn't bring the paragraph, but the line, uh, the miracle extends without your help, but you are needed that it can begin. Um, Where it says that that's the second sentence. The first sentence in that paragraph is, the only way to heal is to be healed. <clears throat> yeah, except, and then the, go on, except the miracle of healing, and it will go forth because of what it is. It is its nature to extend itself the instant it is born. And it is born the instant it is offered and received. No one can ask another to be healed, but he can let himself be healed and thus offer the other what he has received. It's like, um, you know, maybe there's a a list of, uh, I guess it's, it actually it it could be the same as what people would say are the fruits of the spirit that uh these are the would be the proper way to praise God, not because God needs our praise but because we do so um it's like. And it's maybe a hallmark of a miracle that <clears throat> it's not really a thing to be given, but the uh, state of sharing and communication that. In a certain sense, ain't no big deal because it is just what is. But that acceptance is needed. Anyway, I'm complete. That was just perfect. You gave me exactly what I needed. (laughs) Thank you so much.
Thank you, Lamont. And a perfect pointing. I noticed in um, the summary of today's lesson when we when Fran read the review, it emphasized we're talking about God as a strength in which I trust. But I noticed that the review said, "It is not my own strength through which I forgive; it is through the strength of God in me, which I'm remembering as I forgive." Notice the emphasis on forgive. As I begin to see, I recognize His reflection on earth. I forgive all things because I feel the stirring of His strength in me. I feel the stirring of His strength in me. And I begin to remember the love I chose to forget, but which has not forgotten me. And so I'm very grateful for your share, Lemoyne. You pointed me uh, exactly to where to end this recording today. It's from chapter 13, paragraph 88. When you have let all that obscured the truth in your most holy mind be undone for you, and stand in grace before your Father, he will give himself to you as he has always done. Giving himself is all he knows, and so it is all knowledge. For what he knows not cannot be, and therefore cannot be given. Ask not to be forgiven, for this has already been accomplished. Ask rather to learn how to forgive and restore what always was your unforgiving mind. Atonement becomes real and visible to them that use it. On earth this is your only function and you must learn that it is all you want to learn. <laughs> Amen. Thank you everyone. Um, beautiful. We make a Thank beautiful you. picture together. Yeah, I'm very grateful. So, yeah, we do. Thank you everyone. <clears throat> Sorry. Thank